1: Hello again. Happy Tuesday to all of you. Thank you for joining us with the podcast. I know you're not commuting as much as you were, but we love how many of you are listening to the podcast. We have a live one coming up again because 500 is quickly approaching.
0: That's right. And we're
1: going to do a huge live stream thing for 500. We're actually very excited about it. It wasn't the actual live venue we were hoping for, but we are going to do a cool, another YouTube live one for that now that we've kind of figured that out. So we'll keep going on that. This is a crazy podcast. It's not a Topic Tuesday, even though Happy Tuesday. It is a lot of car conclusions and a really, really cool uh, car debate coming up. Plus many, many, we say it every time, many, many great questions. Uh, Brief side note on questions. Hmm. Some of you are almost too creative, and I appreciate it. And Hayden, (laughs) I'm calling you out by name, man. But many of you, uh, Mystic Negro is another example, create these fantastical story questions. The what if questions. (laughs) Yes, And, and I got to be honest, a lot of times we don't answer those, not out of lack of interest. It's because I, a lot of times I feel like when we're covering questions, I want to cover things that people are debating right now with their car. I need to, Am I going to get these tires? Is this going to happen? I want to make sure we get some of that stuff covered so people are, are feeling educated on cars. But the storyteller in me wants to do story questions. Sure, So sure. Uh, please know that when those come up, a lot of times just kind of hang on to them because we have special podcasts that come up or like the 500s or whatever. Oh, well, we do. As a matter we of fact, the hear the crazy questions. Yeah. But a lot of times they, they're not the thing I gravitate toward because I want to cover, oh, that person's got this car question and that person's got this tire question and I want to get those kind of addressed. I'm over here going – that's a cool riff question I could do for 20 minutes. But exactly. Does- we,
0: could, we could riff and exactly. talk about this so other thing and, for a long time. And
1: here's the thing. I'm not actually complaining at all. I'm saying thank you for creating those cool story questions. I do appreciate you guys and the many others that do that. They're just not always uh, where I want to <coughs> have all of you listen to me for 20 minutes while I go off with that. <laughs> we are going to do car conclusions, though, and those are always fun.
0: We do. I've asked you guys to write to us your car conclusions, your Topic Tuesdays, all the uh, the check-ins. Hey, guys, here's what's going on. And you have. Mm-hmm. So we do have car conclusions. A lot of them, as a matter of fact. But first, I really want to thank our sponsors. Covercraft Mm -hmm. is the headline sponsor for our TV season six, which is nearly up on Amazon at this point. Supposedly. We're almost there. Mm -hmm. And uh, really, guys, thank you for watching that. And we will definitely be very loud and proud when it finally drops entirely on Amazon. But in the meantime, you can find it in its entirety on Vimeo as well.
1: And five seasons are available right now free on Prime. That is 30 Uh, Almost 35 episodes, 34 episodes of TV are on Prime and streaming for free right now. So when you're binge watching something, I've got a show for you. (laughs) That exists right there, which is very cool. Also, we've been doing two YouTube episodes per week right now, and we're going to continue to do two for a while. But in the midst of that, we may actually – we're talking about should we put some of those much older, like season two, three episodes – on YouTube as well. We may even do that.
0: There's a lot of stuff coming. Huge thanks to Griot's Garage as well. Car care products that are, in my opinion, unsurpassed. And for those of you you who have ordered those products and written to us and said, guys, you're right. They're great. Keep writing those to us because we will share those with our sponsors, whether it's Covercraft, Greer's Garage, and Haggerty as well. Really thrilled to be associated with all three of these companies.
1: Did you know that their Drive Club right now, that has the magazine and all that, is offering a free uh, YouTube streaming? I mean, pardon me, a free Motor Trend streaming service right now? Oh, that's right. Now we aren't. It on, does lo- say that. it's a whole other separate thing. We aren't on the Motor Trend On Demand. We aren't, but we're on the Motor Trend Cable Channel. But there's still some cool stuff on their uh, streaming, and that is actually available as part of the Drive Share. Uh, no, sorry. Drive Club from Haggerty is available through that, which is cool. We like anything that helps our car disease. Well, frankly,
0: anything that makes it worse, which is why we're big fans of Haggerty Drivers Club. For just $45 a year, that's less than $4 a month. You'll get six issues of the fantastic Haggerty Magazine, roadside service with guaranteed flatbed towing, invitations to members only events, valuable automotive discounts on things like tires and vehicle transport and racing school, and a whole lot more.
1: It's the ultimate membership experience for people who love cars. Check out Haggerty Drivers Club for yourself and join the club at Haggerty.com/slash
0: driver. Pilgrimage 2020 also, guys, is coming at us in it August. Is. We're very excited to have worked out the details, ironed mm-hmm. everything out, and you can go ahead and sign up right now. Registration is currently open if you go to everydaydriver.com. Right in the middle right in the middle there is the Adventures tab. Mm-hmm. And you can click that. You can find out more information, and you can also place your deposit as well. Yep, all of it. So go there. FAQs. We would love to have you. Tons on of info. Trip. All the cars.
1: The, the, all the cars are available right now from RSR. We are going to steadily start booking cars here in the coming months. We're planning to go. We're very very excited about going on that. While you're on the website, have you noticed? last little bit of business here, but I'm very excited about it. We're having at least two new written articles a week right now on our website. Pretty we cool. You haven't been to the writers cool. tab in a while. You are actually behind. I haven't said that in years. You're behind. <laughs> There's stuff stacking With up. Content. There's some yeah. really, really good articles happening yeah. there. Thanks to all of our writers that are adding great stuff. So I honestly, I feel like you and I are sitting here right now in the studio, having a conversation about how all of the stuff we have to catch up on and catch you guys up on
0: because there's a lot. Yeah, and it continues with two videos a week at this point. We are working through a backlog, but we still continue to work through press cars, which is pretty cool. We're currently driving a 2020 Hyundai Sonata with Smart Park. Yes, Enunciate we're going to use
1: we're going to use all of the letters in the those words. R yes,
0: in that jumping to car conclusions. Thank you guys for writing to yeah, us. Yeah, from episode 481, Sorrel J writes to us. About their drive homework, we'll say. Mm -hmm. And we gave it to them for sure, yeah. They decided, he and his father, wanted to go do some drive homework. And they started touring some fun cars like a BMW i8 and a Miata and a Corvette Stingray. Fun, yeah, really fun. They decided not to go for the BMWs. I believe we suggested BMWs. And Mm -hmm. uh, mom wanted some safety features with... The 2015 M2 did not have. What safety features did it not have? I'm very curious as well. I mean, it's got airbags and it's got brakes. It's
1: a safety (laughs) feature. It is. I wonder if it's like the emergency stop features and those kind of things.
0: Yeah, it doesn't have, you know, the eyesight and the cross sight and the emergency stop. And if you are too dumb to drive and you're not paying attention while you're driving, here's the safety feature that will intervene for you. Yes. Well, the
1: the, I'm not really driving alert. That does really happen. You know, actually, I have annoyed so many press cars that have these features because of how closely we drive cars to other cars for this show. (laughs) <laughs> they do not like oh, yeah. it. They are oh, yeah. unhappy about this. They, they, re, they, No one in calibration was prepared for us because no. because proximity. No. This is the thing that you and I do really well. I will not. I will not claim to be stunt drivers. I will not claim this level of, of performance. But we are precision drivers because at this definitely point, done. definitely, the done. ability to drive cars frighteningly close to each other at speed for long periods of time. By the way, now it's happened in silence. We do it so much. We just, yeah, <laughs> I know. I'm here and you're there and whatever. And a, shot, a shot's happening. Production is happening right now. Cars that have
0: sensors do not like us. I have noticed this. Well, what's funny is it happened on the Kia Stinger when we first drove that a few seasons ago. And I was following you. You were filming, and I was following you pretty closely, And the car slammed on its brakes because I got just, you know, the car freaked out. It was just too close for the car. Yeah. Well, now I'm just driving along and I think I've got plenty of space. And the car slams on its brakes for me. Yeah, isn't that great? And And I'm thinking, well,
1: I had plenty of space. We weren't nearly close enough for the shot At least a
0: few feet. Yes. And this is just in normal traffic. This is just behind other people. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, probably shouldn't pull up so close. I should probably
1: back <laughs> off. We don't in traffic. But, man, we're shooting for the show. The cars have no – they don't have a setting
0: for that. Anyway, keep going. All right. Well, he says, also, the 2 Series Grand Coupe didn't cut it in performance. I can see that. Yep. Okay. The WRX is way too common around Oregon, and they didn't even test drive it. <laughs> I okay. Just said,
1: no. Okay. No, no, we're not doing that. We can't do it in this area of the country.
0: And you know, he says, "Dad always has a smile on his face when he drives it." They've been getting looks and even challenged by WRXs on the highway now because of what they bought. Because they bought a Civic Si mm-hmm. in black, the coupe very, in black, very very yep. cool. They said they did drive the Veloster N, but thought the manual was lacking. That's interesting because I do like the manual on the car. A yes, lot. but
1: but compared to the good Honda six-speed, that's a that's a hard it's a hard thing to chase. Okay. I, I will admit. Okay. The Veloster, look, I, I do like the Veloster 6-speed. We obviously talked about it. We enjoy driving it. The Honda Civic SI is way, it's almost S2000 quality. It's a really good 6-speed.
0: It is up there. Yeah. I will say Hyundai yeah. has done a masterful job with the Veloster, especially the N, and I do love the shift feel, but I I do concede the Honda shift feel, they but have, I will not on the clutch take-up. I do agree with that too. I Watch like our, the Hyundai far better yes. for the clutch take-up yes. and the flywheel feel. Mm-hmm. Rather than the Honda. But again, you have to drive the car, which is what these guys did. I know. I know. And they bought it and they love it. And they
1: have this uh, this Civic Si that they're very, very excited about. Watch our middles piece because we have both those cars next to each other. And I'm really, really glad you got it. There's a weird twist in this at the end. Mm. Um, now that they have uh, they have this car and so life feels like, okay, that's been addressed. Uh, Sorrel just got himself a racing simulator wheel. He's got the whole pedal set up. He's very, very excited Pretty about cool. it. Pretty cool. It's making him drive more often. He's trying to convince his dad to get a pure fun car. We've solved the fun slash family car. He wants to get a pure fun car. Mm-hmm. He's landed on the Polaris sling- slingshot. <laughs> he wants his dad to get a Polaris slingshot. And he said, please help. And, Sorrel, I will not. I'm sorry, I will not. It is Yeah. That is, it is a gag car. It is a rent it to drive down the Vegas Strip, rent it to drive down the beach boardwalk. It's not. It, I, I know how it looks. It isn't a car for go carve a back road. It isn't a car for go track. It is a car for drive slowly. Look at me, et cetera. You mean despite
0: the commercials, In really, the commercials that. are not that way.
1: So I, 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 hate, I hate to say that I can't back your play and try to talk your dad into that. Now you've said for similar money, what about three fifty Z FRS Mustang GT? Yes, yes, yes. All of those over the Polaris. We'd be happy to do a all fun car car debate for you. I'm glad the civics working so well. Please, not a slingshot. I'm sorry to say it. I mean,
0: you can still wear your T-shirt that says "I'm on vacation." You just don't have to wear it while you're driving the slingshot. <laughs> you can still drive. You know, that, wear it in the Mustang. I'm on vacation. Car drive it in the Mustang. Fine. The car
1: exists for places where you go to the beach or like the Vegas Strip or something, and you want to buy, you want to rent something just to drive it and be like, "Hi!" That's what it exists. Got a little for. time before
0: dinner? And you're kind of bored. Rent a slingshot. Yes, that's kind of the what the only it is. time I've
1: seen them on. Actual canyon roads. I've seen a couple in this in this part of the country. I've seen them on nice canyon roads. It's always every time I've seen it, it's been with the motorcycle club. You have the motorcycle club guys, and then you have somebody that, for whatever reason, is no longer riding their bike anymore, and they're now in a slingshot. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's yeah. and it's the cruiser group. It's the guys on the Harleys and the guys on the big stuff that are doing – I'll be honest. They're doing the amazing roads at a normal speed because they're just enjoying the ride. The Polaris is
0: perfect for that. It's where I've seen them driven. Noah M. from Episode 484 says he was amazed to randomly hear us talk about his debate his wife was also in the car, and it got her genuinely interested in more vehicles. <laughs> Unfortunately, he's the least patient person in the world and didn't even make it until the podcast came out. I'm not surprised. Because he's bought something already. He says, of course he did. I've always been a closet Italian. Anything Italian is always what I've wanted. So to hear us mention the Fiat was great, mm-hmm. which I'm thrilled to hear. Yeah. If you're a closet Italian, I mean, you, are you, like, you know, talking in your head in Italian to other people? You're applying what you really want to say to his people? His hands
1: are at his side, but in his mind, they're moving all over the place. I guess that's so. That's what's going on, yeah.
0: I guess so. Well, I believe it was the Abart because he said they're one of yes. my favorite-sounding stock vehicles for sure. He wasn't a huge fan of the Shifter location, which I agree. It's, 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 it's strange. It's a little odd. It's a little odd, You have yeah. to get used to it, but that's part of the charm. That's part of the quirky charm. That That's, that's that charm equals quirky equation, just so you know, yeah. <laughs> it's the... Inbalanced scales of justice. I'll <laughs> <laughs> give you the wrong. shifter, you take that. Okay. All right. Well, he says he wasn't a fan of that. His wife wanted a little bit bigger, bigger car, which okay. ruled out the Mazda Speed Miata as well.
1: Yeah, I have a tendency to say that right now. But yeah, keep going.
0: Yeah. So he did end up buying a driver's edition Mark VI. Volkswagen GTI. Very cool. All right. Good, good, good. Pretty cool. I'm glad you love it. He said, it's such a well-settled vehicle and still lively enough to enjoy. We agree with that. Mm -hmm. Tires are the key for that car. Oh, yeah, for sure. The ones that come on it, stock, let the car down. But if you replace them with really good summer tires, it's going to be even better than you think it is. I, I
1: agree with that. I agree with that. I do think that it's funny that by listening to the podcast, now his wife thinks she wants a Phaeton. No, you don't. But she thinks she wants a Phaeton. I, now they are awesome, and I have we have more content coming just this week. We have more content mm-hmm. coming on these crazy sedans. I love that my uh, crazy discussions of this car make you kind of want one because it is. I am here's the thing. I am thoroughly enjoying the life experience of it. And my <laughs> son, who loves the Lotus more than I can tell you, was sell, saying to me the other day how much he's bummed that the Phaeton's going to go away this year. Hmm. Because it's, no it's kind of gotten under his skin. There's there's some there's some surprising personality, that's funny. and I've said it before. That car has a great personality that's worth engaging in at less than ten grand. At the eighty to hundred, they were new. There's not nearly enough personality. But the the, the <laughs> five to ten that we're dealing with here, it has a fantastic personality, and it is such a unique car on the road. I think it's funny. Your wife is now intrigued. Uh, she should be intrigued from afar. <laughs> I mean. Just the buttons alone are worth a couple grand right there. Just the, it's the myriad of buttons, it's right? It's nuts. And, and, and the hopes that you can press them and they will pop out again and not get stuck. Because that's happened to me more than once. The, right. When you have it's a it's 10-year-old, he's got to press the buttons.
0: Yeah, that's it's what's that going to happen. Yeah, melted soft-touch paint that Volkswagen all went bad. through, that phase, mm-hmm. coating everything in that gooey stuff. The, the material that ruined
1: the early 2000s for almost all car culture. Yeah, for
0: sure. Yeah, yeah. The Maserati has it too. I push the manual to auto button to switch over just to manual, and it sticks in its little hole. (laughs) Like then I have to push it to get it out, and then it didn't select. Like okay, let's try it again very gently. And so I wiggle it just to the left. It's terrible. Robert K says he never wrote for a debate, but took lessons from the podcast. That's cool. He's been a listener for about three years. Welcome. Thank you for listening. Yeah, thanks Robert. a lot. He says he was searching for a car podcast to listen to on his hour commute into Philadelphia and we made it more enjoyable. Thank you. I really appreciate it. He's writing in for his car conclusion. He says he's never written into the show with a, a debate, as I okay. mentioned, but All took right. lessons and similar situations from the podcast, applied them to his own situation. Mm. He had been driving an 01 Mustang V6 automatic. That he first got when he was 16. Okay. All right. Okay. So he recently had a birthday. Happy birthday, Robert. He said the car was a great commuter. It had mild modifications, wheels and exhaust and decals, which made it enjoyable. He said, I love the car, but he wanted a new experience, a manual transmission and something more practical as he's constantly driving. And he's now just turned 26. So it's time for something
1: different. He was chasing all kinds of things. He was shopping the four-cylinder market. Let's just look at something with a turbo. That'll be kind of cool. I haven't had one of those. He was looking at Fiesta STs. Thought this is the, pardon me, focus, sorry, Focus STs. Oh, Focus STs, Because yes, yes, his yes. future brother-in-law has a Focus ST with her car. He'd driven it. He loved it. He thought, "I this is going to be my car, going to be my car. Maybe a Mini Cooper. Should I look at a WRX? This was his list. He was thinking, okay, I've had a Mustang. Here's a Focus ST. This is bound to be my car. And then he just decided, I really ought to do drive homework. This Mm -hmm. is where the show Mm -hmm. is influencing me. He thought, I really ought to drive the other things first. And when he drove the WRX, he went, wait a minute. This is my car. This is my favorite thing about drive homework for you guys. (laughs) Because obviously, Paul and I have our proclivities. We talk about it. We have cars that we overlap on. But even the cars we overlap on, we still feel a little differently about Sure, okay. sure, various things, so yeah. So what's interesting is when we mention cars, especially for three or four that we think you should drive, I could tell you out of that three or four which one I think is best, but that's actually best for me. Sure. Because you could go drive those four cars and not, really not agree with me. Be like, yeah, I like that. That was cool because they're all good cars that we're talking about here, but you just love whatever. And here he is. He drove the WRX and went, no, no, no,
0: no, that's my car, and I <laughs> need it in the blue color. Yeah, well, he extrapolated all those things out of the podcast mm-hmm. and went driving and Which thought, is really cool. This is what I love. He says the more I thought about his desire to get a different experience and stand out from the crowd. He realized that's stupid. I should just get the car that he wants. Love it. Yes. So he's the proud owner of a 2020 WRX premium. Cool. He says the heated seats are the best in Pennsylvania winners. They are the best in the winter. Honestly. We agree with yeah, that. Yeah, for sure. And it's the World Rally Blue with the six-speed manual. Love it. Hashtag save the manual. You're right. He said, I'm sad to see the Mustang going. I miss it every day. But you know what? Look towards the future. You're in a fantastic car. Mm -hmm. We wish you many, many happy miles driving that thing.
1: Bobby, I love that you listened and that you applied and you've got something that you love that much. I mean, especially when you're buying a new car. I like that you bought it new. Cars are expensive. You got to love it. I love that you do. We have another one here from Greg who wrote in. This was episode 396. He's writing in and saying, okay, he had to come back to us because he told us before that he listened to the podcast. He ended up buying a 2015 Boxster GTS. It's been awesome, but here comes the life lesson. Mm,
0: right. He says uh, he couldn't part with the supercharged E46, but he d- did have to say goodbye to his beloved S2000. And he said he got the GTS with 17,000 miles. He says thousands less than a single Corvette monetary unit.
1: <laughs> We're back. We're bringing that back, are we? I, I like think it. we should. That's very good. Good, good.
0: So he bought the car in early October. Mm-hmm. At, the, at the end of their driving season here in the Carolinas, he said, after about a month of local driving around town, they had a warm day, approaching a high of 50s in the mountains. So he decided to head up early for some real mountain hooning. Uh-oh. He got to the base of the mountain at about 9 a.m. The ambient temperature was 45. And about eight miles into his drive, going hard into a hairpin, he experienced a massive loss of traction and had a boy meets guardrail experience. He says the damage was significant and it had to be towed back to Charlotte for repairs at his local Porsche dealership. Mm -hmm. We're horrified to hear this and we're very sorry that happened. He did some research and determined that in addition to excessive speed, the Pirelli P0 tires were also likely a factor due to low temperature as the overnight low was in the 30s. And you were going up a mountain. Mm -hmm. He says he's beating himself up. You see all the pieces. You see the pieces of the puzzle coming together. But this is. Yes. uh, Yeah. Okay. keep going. Well, he says he's beating himself up every day since the accident. You can stop beating yourself up. I agree. I agree. We give you permission to move on. You don't have to do that anymore. He says he's a grown man, experienced driver. He should have known better. That's fine, but fast forward a couple months—one month for insurance negotiations and one <laughs> month for repairs—he's got his baby that back, about right? Yeah, and uh, he says just in time for driving seasons, season. He's had her Rosie the Roadster up the mountain several times since, driving with a newfound respect. And the good news is, even though the damage was severe, it did not require much actual body work because most of the damage was resolved with new original equipment replacement body panels.
1: And clearly nothing serious like frame or anything like that. Fantastic. Which is awesome. It's really great. Yeah, I mean,
0: it's. Kind of what the guardrail did; it saved mm-hmm. you in a way from anything more serious. Guardrail and crumple
1: zones did their job. You're right, absolutely. Yeah. yeah he yeah. says
0: he was also able to replace all four wheels with something he preferred much more: the Michelin P4s on uh, on some new wheels, original equipment wheels. Very cool. Love it's, it. It's turning out well. And Love here's it. honestly,
1: here's the reason you can't beat yourself up for this, Greg. Tires are the thing we all ignore. We all do. We ignore them until you have a moment when they either surprise you or more commonly let you down. Mm. And once you have a, a, a problem that is directly connected to, that was the result of the tires. It doesn't mean I'm not claiming you might not have been an amazing driver in that moment or you might have been a boneheaded driver in that moment. But the result is it was the tires that let you down. The learning experience there is immense. You've had it now. It's going to change your driving for the better. I'm sorry that you had it. But on the other end of the spectrum, I I think that most people don't understand tires because it's a little laborious. Let's be honest. It's a weird thing to learn anything about. But unless you have an experience that educates you on tires, it remains this kind of black hole of I just buy tires and whatever. And once you learn it, it does change your driving. You've had that experience, Greg, so you can move on now
0: probably for the better. Yeah. I would add to that tire wear. Just because they're your favorite tires doesn't mean they're at that performance level Mm -hmm. at all times throughout their life and at all temperatures throughout their life. So you could have a bad experience with your favorite tire because it's more worn for that reason. So that's why it does behoove us all to
1: dive into tires more. Kyle wrote in following up on episode 365. His conclusion is, well, it's not an M5. He was looking for an E39 M5, a modern version of that, for a comfortable commute car. And uh, Paul went over budget. Paul recommended. I the, never uh, do that. The Alpha Julia Quadrifoglio, which was not in his budget. I was a little more down to earth and recommended the Lexus GSF. <laughs> but my favorite thing about the fact of recommending it is you went into the dealer to drive the Lexus GSF, and the salesman said, "You mean the RX." And he said, no, 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 no. Kyle said, no, no, I I actually am looking for a sedan. And the, uh, the, the sales guy had to recalibrate.
0: That's so funny. You mean the SUV that we're selling boatloads of, right? Because yes, of course that's what you're looking for. We have one in white. You want one? I didn't just pull letters out of the alphabet. You actually sell a GS. Could you find me one, please? Yes. Well, as a matter of fact, he drove it. He liked it a lot, particularly the interior seats and seating position. He and his wife went to the Chicago Auto Show, and she sat in one and loved it. She's, she never expresses opinions about cars. Okay. Good It news. gave them both a chance to sit in lower price contenders, such as Key and Genesis. And he said, you know, when you sit in them back to back, you realize the differences between... Between things and what matters to what brands, mm-hmm. what companies. Okay. Yeah, and how price point changes things, mm-hmm. too. Saw, yeah. He said they toured an IS for the week and then confirmed Lexus was for them. Okay. Fast forward, he bought a night fourteen for his 50th birthday. <laughs> Left turn. <clears throat> you saw the GS come
1: GS, 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 <laughs> GS, GS. I turned 50. I bought a 914.
0: <laughs> So now his fun car list is the nine nine seven S, the nine fourteen, and a Volkswagen race car. New favorite person, Kyle. I, I just, I, I, we were headed down. I like Lexus, and
1: you bought another Porsche. That just, you must be one of us. Okay, back to his wife's preference. <laughs>
0: back to where we started, and the reason we wrote in, yeah. He had something for him now at this point, so he relented to his wife's preference for an SUV rather than a sedan. But he started looking for this angle. Track buddy has showed him a new to him Lexus GX470. He says, let's do some off-roading. He tried the Cayenne GTS and the Grand Cherokee. The wife thought it was fine. Mm -hmm. He told all of his off-roading friends his wife would never go for the GX because it was too truck-like. Okay. And when he took her to the Lexus dealer, she crawled around the GX, took it for a test drive, and loved it. Cool. All right, good. But she had to have the 2020 with the new Predator Maw rather than the deeply discounted 2019 on the floor. (laughs) He
1: really wanted to get the 19. He was Mm -hmm. like, there's one right here.
0: But yeah. And he says, I was trying to get the off road thing going, but that's all right. As long as she loves it, that's fantastic.
1: But he has admitted to her sense that uh, the GX, because it has some off-road cred about it, he actually kind of backdoored his way into getting an off-roader They could take off-roading. She doesn't like that very much. It's her car. It's very nice. But he might have an off-roader out of it. So there's, I
0: guess, a bonus? We'll see. (laughs) Jordan Stone writes to us, as a longtime fan of the show, he bought two cars. He's a regular. He says, I watch you guys on Amazon. Thank you, Jordan. Very cool. Thank you. He's watched all the feature films, and he's got a lengthy email because he's driven a lot of cars. Well, he's gone through a few cars. Yeah, since he has. Yeah, the, for sure. The beginnings of the show, he's gone through, wow, a long list. Yeah, Civics time. and Audis and Ultimas.
1: There's wow. an FRS in here as well. I mean, there's th- so many things that he drove and loved and even thought about <clears throat> buying in the first place because of this show. Ultimately, when he had an Audi S4 and it became quite expensive to maintain, he wanted to buy the opposite. I want to buy something that just runs. And drives and is cheap, and he wound up in an Altima.
0: Mm, yeah. Now he
1: didn't love it; he didn't love it, but it did everything he asked of it, and that is, it just ran. It's just been easy, minimal cost. It runs; it does its job. So, okay, that's allowed him to pay off debt, finish that up, and now the payments were done. This is when
0: it all begins, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, he says uh, he and his wife discussed what they were comfortable with and came up with five hundred dollars a month. Plus, whatever he could put down with some bonus money that he had earned, which Mm -hmm. put him at about a $30,000 budget to find a car that could be a blast to drive on weekends, allow him to haul some gym equipment around for various events. And then her car, seemingly out of nowhere, (laughs) suddenly needed two major repairs. That's
1: what it happens. By the way, her car is a gold Chevy HHR.
0: He's nicknamed it the hearse.
1: Yeah, the hearse. The hearse (laughs) had problems. The hearse is dying. That's ironic. I like that. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, the hearse went away and they ended up with a 2017 Crosstrek in bright red that already has a hitch and roof rails. It's
1: ready to do some stuff. It's ready to Subaru it up. That's what it's ready (laughs) for. I love it. Yeah.
0: But that left him with a dilemma. And he said, all right, you know, important to... Have her and something good. Absolutely, they spent the money that. But there's where the budget to. went. Yeah, there's where the budget went, though. Yeah. But he was still looking. Mm. And, of course he was. Of course still he was looking. Yeah. And he says, "Well, right tool for the job, and you know, I, I, just I can't get rid of the Altima, so he kept the Altima.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And how about a cheap, fun car for seven thousand dollars? He bought a two thousand one Porsche Boxster S with 150,000 miles.
1: A Boxster S, by Ooh. the way. I would have expected that for the base. He found yeah. a Boxster S with 150,000 miles. Now, granted, it is the, uh, the fried egg headlights. It is the first-gen Boxster. It doesn't have a great interior. That is the thing. But $7,000? I'll give you perspective. <laughs> Less money than your Maserati. Barely oh. more than my Phaeton. Oh. And probably
0: needs less work than either of our I cars. I feel quite
1: confident it will be cheaper to run. I feel quite confident.
0: <laughs> well, he says it's got a brand new crate motor that was only installed a thousand miles ago, along with a brand new clutch, a full exhaust from the header wow. back. The LED display has been replaced, and the whole car has had just had a service. It's had the pre purchase inspection, and the only thing they recommended were brake pads and tires. Wow. So, yeah. So, drive that. Put another
1: 150,000 miles on that one. That that sounds. That's awesome. I love it. Brilliant for That's,
0: seven grand.
1: Seven grand. That's the thing I keep coming back to on the story is for seven grand. It's like I, I'm having trouble
0: going. Well, but this seven thousand dollars Porsche Boxster S. Find a good back road. Have a good day. You mentioned a road trip that you've probably taken by now, and we hope it went well, Jordan. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, thanks for sending the photos. Fantastic. Well bought. We're longtime users and big believers in Griot's Garage car care products. That's because while many other brands are just rebranded versions of the same few products, Griot's Garage has developed, manufactured, and bottled bespoke car care products since 1990. In fact, many of Griot's first customers were collector cars displayed at
1: Pebble Beach. And they're a family company based in Washington State, still dedicated to having the best products for every car and budget. In fact, Paul learned his crazy certified Paul-owned car care
0: style directly from Griot's. We've used Griot's Garage car care products on our own cars for over 20 years and we wouldn't use anything else. If you're wondering how to get going, they offer free training and techniques through their videos and their website and starter kits that will help your car look its best.
1: Griot's Garage products are 100% guaranteed and all the liquid products are made right here in the USA. They offer a 100% lifetime guarantee, so give them a try.
0: When you're ordering at griotsgarage.com, use the code EVERYDAY for 10% off your order. Enjoy the finest quality car care products you can buy at griotsgarage.com.
1: Dustin's been living in Manhattan, and he actually stopped listening to this podcast because he's been living in Manhattan. He (laughs) discovered it a while back. He was listening for a few years, and then he was like, I live in Manhattan. (laughs) And these guys keep talking about cars that I don't need to own a car, I don't have a car. All this is making me do is lust after cars that I don't need and won't have. So he stopped listening to the podcast, and then life changes. By the way, good to have you back, Justin. Thanks for being here (laughs) with us because they're moving either... Out of Manhattan, where mm-hmm. they'll need one car, but more likely to L.A., where he and his wife will both need a car. And yes, yes, you will.
0: So this is now two cars all of a sudden. Well, his father-in-law is a mechanic, as a matter of fact. He comes that. from an Audi and Porsche enthusiast lineage. So they're already thinking about a lightly used Q5, which could work okay. fine. All right. That could work great. We like the Q5s. They're actually the turbocharged ones, the 2.0. They're great. They're Mm -hmm. pretty quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He also said maybe we'll look at an XC sixty or an X three, and you know, if it should be be their only car, it might morph into an SQ five or an X three with an M badge on it. (laughs) Of course, of
1: course, it is. Yes, but but his wife is looking at commuting in LA, where she knows she'll be in this car for a lot. Yeah, very important. I want a nice place to be. Very, very So important. we're we're looking at, of course, we're looking at SUVs. It's not a surprise for the family car. We're looking at an SUV, but she would like, of course, ride height's a factor. But how nice is this to sit in because you're going to be here a while, which is why the Q5 keeps leading the list. But he wants a car, too. He wants it to be fun. <laughs> of course he does. Yeah. So we have to solve that. We've got roughly
0: $70,000. I have SUV
1: ideas. I have sports car ideas. There's so much here.
0: Well he says he's starting this starting this car journey, so he doesn't need <laughs> sub four second zero to sixty times, but it's just something a fun, that's car. fun. Yeah. So the budget here for both cars is somewhere in the 70000 range, mm-hmm. which is great. If they get just one car, it's probably somewhere in the $45,000 range. I see us
1: moving money around. That's what I see happening.
0: Oh, yes. He says, I'm thinking first-gen Cayman S's, 1M's, a 996 Turbo, maybe an S2000. Because <laughs> if you're going to have a fun car in LA, let's get a fun car in LA. Yeah. I get it. I see it. He secretly loves the GLA 45 AMG, but you know his wife might not go for it. Until she dips into the power and then she'll love it. But I'm trying to figure, honestly, I, I read that and I wondered, Dustin, what's, what's the secret love here for? What's
1: the problem with that car? I, I, I'm, I'm genuinely <laughs> now that asking. that song's in my head, darn it. Sorry, I, I didn't mean to go there. But, but I'm, I'm curious about what's the problem here because why might is your wife might not go for it? Is it because it has a wing on the back? I, I just that, that feels to me like a pretty easy ask on that car. But, I agree, especially you. Okay, all, right, all right, something something about it. You don't think your wife would go for? I mean, for it, we could be
0: talking three cars with that kind of budget. Three great cars. Well, but yeah,
1: but I don't think we're doing it. we it. We don't need to. He, this 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 poor man. Dustin's going from Manhattan to probably two cars let's instantly. To zero
0: to three. Come on, let's <laughs> two, do it.
1: Two, two is good. But here's the thing: seventy thousand dollars for two cars and solve the L.A. commute problem and have some fun. Great roads
0: around L.A. Yeah, fantastic. we can do this for sure. Fantastic. Well, if it's an SUV that you want to start with, we love the key telluride but i don't know that you need that much space yeah i don't think so if they're shopping q5s it's a great one but it's i like it because of the value i agree with that yeah yeah yeah. but what is comparable to that q5 is the acura rdx it feels like a step up in luxury that's a good one even brand new which i recommend you the 19 or the 20 Mm -hmm. if you go brand new that's fine but again 19 or 20 for you know to to get the better front end But it feels like for an inexpensive budget, it feels like you've really stepped up in amenities and power. It's good. And you think, wow, where has this been? Mm -hmm. But I think you should take a look at that CX-5 with the turbo. You'd have to buy brand new. But the Mazda CX-5 is a lovely place. And when you want to let it rip... You can now rip. I like it. That's good. That's really good. You don't need a big, big SUV. I agree. With you that. really no, don't. No, no, no. I, I don't think she's going to need something large. But even that CX five isn't forty five thousand mm-hmm. dollars. It's true. True. Brand new and gorgeous car. Yeah, for they're sure. It's good. Forty ish. Yeah,
1: they're right. Loaded out, they Loaded, are. Yeah, they're yeah. like thirty eight,
0: thirty nine. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Which leaves you plenty
1: of budget <laughs> left over.
0: <clears throat>
1: Not surprised you did that.
0: So. Let's get her something first. Let's get the both of you something first. You've got drive homework in a couple of crucial areas. First of all, and that is the do-it-all car. That is the beach and beanies and guitars car. It's uh, absolutely. the yeah. daily commute. Going to carry the, the surfboard. We got dogs, something. Mm-hmm. We, we're going Home Depot runs, whatever that is. Get a Covercraft backseat cover. You could put dogs and surfboards yes. in there and never blink. Dogs and surfboards. As you do. Absolutely. Yeah. You're gonna to want to stay till ten PM when the beach is closed.
1: Somebody's gonna start a random bonfire on the beach. Probably break a couple of laws, but it's gonna happen anyway. Yeah. So
0: here's the secret you wanna buy a, a radio flyer or some kind of cool <laughs> wagon at Costco because then you can put your cooler on it and all your stuff and uh, you can drag it across the beach you, out to the camp. You've campfire. been to LA before, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Once yeah. or twice. Yeah. The driftwood so, in the back. So, oh, some, you that, carry but
1: everything. Somebody owns that driftwood, by the way. Somebody somebody in Malibu <laughs> you have to go with a lot it. of money yeah. owns that driftwood. Yeah. And they'll be really angry if you burn it. But somebody will do it anyway. But
0: then you've got this little wagon. And then you can drag it back to the parking lot. And you don't have to carry all this stuff. Because you've got the cooler full of food and <laughs> snacks and all this and stuff. And somebody's shooting a commercial while all this happens. Uh-huh. It's going to be great. It's going to be really good. But then you need space in which to put all the stuff back in your SUV. Yes, so this I got is it. crucial. This is the test, especially Excellent. if you're in yeah. L.A. Okay? But then for you... Thinking manual transmission. Okay. But it depends on your commute. It really comes down to a few things, Dustin, because we don't quite know if it's going to be LA for sure. We don't quite yeah, know true, what true, true. your commute will be or what your driving habits will be. So I'd love to start with a manual transmission. And I'm, I'm all about your ideas, mm-hmm. I'm all about them. And getting that CX 5 will leave you plenty of money left over You're to right. go get something You're hot right, for sure. and yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah. And I bet you, you could find a 1M for.
1: Forty-five ish. Uh, forty
0: for sure. You can find them
1: forty. Delightful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you if you, get, if you buy, shop really, really good, forty. It's going to be a lot of miles. You know what is down there though? M twos.
0: M twos are definitely down there, but they don't have enough safety features apparently, I, especially I've those twenty-fifteens, yeah. those janky old twenty-fifteens. Yeah, they just <laughs> don't have what it takes apparently. M
1: two. First gen M2. I say first gen, sorry, that's not appropriate. Before the competition. The competition version is an all-new engine, so it's almost a different car. Mm-hmm. But the original, you know, the boring old M2, when they first released it, that, that, those are those are 40.
0: <laughs> I was sniffing around 2015 M3s because okay, right, they're sure. now under 40, by the way. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. That's, with a, that's a big 40, car with a lot of power, though. Ah, it's a delightful power. Yeah. Now, I that's can. not the competition. Maybe that's just slightly over 40, but still, (laughs) M3s under 40? Yeah. That F80 M3. Yeah, 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 exactly. The one one we're
1: just finishing, yeah, for sure. Wow, that's a lot of cars.
0: But then I thought, all right, if we're going to put some restrictions on it, if you want something traffic and commute capable and something kind of chuckable and throw around and you still don't want to spend a bunch of money – We're looking at hot hatches. I love the Caymans. I love all those suggestions, and yes to all of them. But as additional suggestions, I've been looking over here at Focus RSs. Mm. I've been looking over here at Civics and Hyundai Veloster Ns. You cannot deny that Veloster N, and they're cheap in comparison. Yeah, they are. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, cheap is relative word, but you know what I'm talking about. Well, but no, but but we talked about this recently. If you buy one of the very
1: early ones— they're down under thirty already. are mm-hmm. like twenty five for a Veloster N. That's a
0: lot of car for the money. And what's great is you got that turbo power, yeah. and it's still usable. It is for sure. Got that yeah. hatch on it. Just so you much know, fun. Three doors, but it'll it'll make it, it'll make sense. I'm I'm sniffing around these ideas again. I'm more about the RDX or the MD or excuse me the CX five mm-hmm. for that do it all. First, yeah. you got to yeah. get that settled first before we go chasing. You know, the dream car, because at this point, it doesn't need to be the dream car. It just needs to be fun. Yeah. Doesn't even have yeah. to have a lot of power. And again, I'm all for the the usual suspects of towering capability, like you suggested. <laughs> I'm all for I like it. it. I like yes. It. You've got drive homework to do. You've got to figure out, again, what's your, you know, what's your remaining budget mm-hmm. and then what can you find and what really suits you as far as a driver. But those hot hatches, especially around L.A., mm-hmm. they're really useful. They're great. I like your RDX. That actually
1: got me thinking along the lines of some other things that I thought of here. Because Dustin, I want to talk about your wife's SUV. That is kind of your SUV as well. Let's talk about it honestly. You need an SUV that's a nice place to be. That when you drive it, you kind of like driving it. That's really what we're trying to accomplish. Sure. Hopefully, sure. there's a fun car as well. But I like that Q5. I do like it. But you know what? You could get for your budget. I'm talking, thinking about 40 ish here. Okay. All right. Let's use 40 grand of that 70 grand. You could get a used Macan. Mm. Now it is. I love that you brought up the RDX for this reason. The Macan is the nicer, better dynamic car than the Q5. Great of that. Yeah. But the RDX is like the alt. It's like the 85% alt. Mm-hmm. So I like all of those are direct competitors in my brain. It just depends on what you like. So definitely drive a used Macan. You know what else I really like, though, in this range? Maybe you could find one like a year old. It'd be 35 or 40. But a Volvo XC40. Oh, interesting. That just strikes me as a really, really good L.A. commute car. That's really solid. Great tech. They look really classy and futuristic. Really, really nice place to be. Volvo's killing it on interiors. They do. Their, their interface. Watch our um, upscale CUVs piece that we've got where we put it against the E-Pace, which you could probably also consider. But I think the XC40 from Volvo is the right car. Interesting. Mm, I think you thoroughly enjoy that. It also has all of the safety tech features. It's going to make commuting very easy. We joke about them because they annoy us. But we're also oh. not commute driving these cars. Sure. In a commute situation, it's got really, really good smart cruise control. I think the XC40 is a real standout. I like your X3. If you're going to shop X3, seek out the older ones that had the hydraulic steering. You'll be much happier. Mm. That's something to think about. Now, cars for you, you brought up first-gen Cayman. Can't go wrong there. But you are shopping in L.A. You could get a Boxster. Convertible. Good. Keep saying you're good. going to the beach and put the surfboard in from the top forget it. So there's that. Surfboards fit in everything. Surfboards think? fit that's that's the LA creed right there. That or a longboard skateboard. That's the oh, alternative also good. The longboard skateboard. Uh-huh. That'll also fit in the, anyway, moving on. Also good. So yes. there's the first gen came in is fine, but Boxster, I think might be a better call for LA. You were thinking about an S two thousand. we like the S two thousand. It's a bad commute car. Couldn't agree more. I, I like. I, I, I have commuted in them. They're they're bad commute cars. Yeah. They are great yeah. cars to drive. So how are you going to use it? That's a big consideration. Which brought me to my wild card. Hmm. This could be a wild card for either one of you because it's so different than what we're talking about. Okay. I don't know how you're going to use your cars. I think what you probably need to go do is go to L. A. and buy a car and then figure out what does the second car need to be. It's kind of what I'm thinking too. Yeah. But you could get yourself a Model Three. Interesting. It's a car for L.A. It's a great car for L.A. If that's too much, you could actually shop uh, the Bolt. The Bolt's not as sexy. I get it. It's also a great electric car. But you can get yourself a Model 3. There will be thousands of you around. You will not be unique. But it is such a unique driving experience. okay. For the L.A. world, it it does about everything right.
0: You know what's interesting? I wonder about the Model Y, the upcoming Y, in regards to the Macans and the Q5s Mm -hmm. of the world, as far as in this situation. Sure, sure, sure. The commute, slogging through traffic. We just
1: blow most of the budget, unfortunately. True,
0: true. I'm just, you know, as a a competitor. Kind of interesting. All right. Well, uh, write to us with your debates, your car conclusions. Dustin, thank you so much for your story. Really appreciate it. We've got to jump to questions now. So many good ones. Thank you, guys. First of all, on Instagram, Alexander S. says, Which normal cars? have aged the best, you know, not sports cars or supercars. Okay, sure, sure. And were ahead of their time design-wise. Okay, all right. He would nominate the E60 BMW 5 Series as a car that still looks somewhat fresh today, even though the design Mm -hmm. is more than 15 years old. You're right. That is the flame-surfacing era from BMW, conceived by Chris Bangle, who was the director of BMW design at the time. Mm -hmm. He has since retired. And he brought about flame-surfacing, which essentially means... The look of the way the highlights dance over the surface. When you walk mm-hmm. around the car yeah. and you look at your at the same spot, a same place on that surface, the highlights jump. Mm-hmm. They look like licks of flame yep. around yep. the That's surface. And it was designed specifically with highlights in mind rather than just the lines in mind. And you're right because… Everybody hated it when it came out. (laughs) I think it's one of the least loved 5 Series generations. I'm still not much of a fan, i got to be honest. It didn't look like anything close to to what BMW had before. Yeah. It was this new thing. And so you're absolutely right. It's the the kinds of designs that come out that pioneer something new, like flame surfacing, Mm -hmm. something new to that time that people think, yuck, what is that? It remains to be seen whether... Various cars will look good over time, and we like you know longer, be- more beautiful, elegant surfaces that aren't fussy. It surprised me. I'm ag- in agreement. I think it's actually remained mm. pretty good looking. Really, okay. Whether you like it or not, it okay. it's remained uh fairly fresh to okay. your point, Alexander. But it's the cars that aren't caught up in the times. Mm. I think, and I I'll just say most Mazdas are on my. In, in my book doing timeless stuff. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. I mean I you can it. tell from a, a technology standpoint yeah. and that's yeah, manifested yeah. itself in taillights and headlights. Mm. They're too big. Mm. Because that was the tech of the times. Just sure. to, And now they're also You sure know, they're game. just yeah. kind of oversized. But as far as the shapes themselves, they wouldn't look out of place in a modern car with a fresh, you know, few fresh lines on them? Huh. Okay. Wouldn't look out of place. Especially the stuff Mazda is doing now for mm. the future, mm. I think will still remain Pretty interesting. Pretty beautiful. That's
1: good. I'll leave that to you. Darup Gang on Instagram said, which would we choose? Thought oh, this is interesting. Which would we choose? Genesis G70 the 3.3 liter or the Alpha Julia TI Sport? I can solve your problem in 20 minutes. It's called the Blue Cars episode. Uh, yeah. It was part of season five. It is season five, episode four called Blue Cars. We had the brand new, as in current right now, three series BMW, that Genesis and the Alpha Julia. We had all three of them together. It was quite surprising. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Honestly, you can't go wrong with any of the ones you're talking about, but I really think you should watch that because we have them on the exact same road. We drive them hard. They all happen to be blue. And it was great. It was a really, really fun episode, and we hope that you'll watch that. Moving on to something else. Let's see. Hang on. Danny says this question. relates to the Hyundai we have outside. Oh. What do we think about automatic transmissions turning into buttons to change into drive, reverse, neutral, park, instead of a traditional lever? Well, honestly, you know who pioneers this is Ferrari. Once they got rid of we're not ever going to sell a manual transmission anymore, they started to get all designy let's make, <laughs> let 's make let let 's take the center console and try to make it sculpture, which okay, means okay. it 's going to converge in this coffee table piece that has buttons on it for your various uh, parts of your transmission. They started it, but now, if you look at it it 's in every single Honda product, Honda and Acura, this Hyundai product now has it too we 've seen it in both in the palisade and also in the sonata it 's becoming
0: a thing. I kind of feel like for an automatic, who cares? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Buttons have been around as far as transmission operation since the 50s. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're saying, you know. Excellent point. It's been Excellent. around forever. It's, not, it's, not a, it's cur- current to
1: these lineups, but it's not a new idea.
0: That's a great point. Right. What you're saying is taking it to a sculptural level rather than buttons. I, I much Now you're going to bring up GM, aren't you? <laughs> well, you're going to bring up GMC because that's the <laughs> other way to do
1: it. You could go sculptural, and that's yeah. interesting. I actually think even the Honda version and the Hyundai version and, and Fry, they're all sculptural. And you can tell, almost like Braille, you can tell which one of the buttons does what because of different shape and position. Yeah. yeah. Then you have GM who essentially put window switches on the dash. They are. They, is that the –
0: what is that? Uh, it's the GMC lineup. I'm sorry, but it's just the GMC lineup. It, I guess it, it is the lineup. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just leftover switches from a bin. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of think it's not more than we, that. We got extra switches. Look, if it's on a sculptural level or it gives you a really a big sense of hierarchy mm-hmm. as far as how the car operates. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. I, I'm yeah, all yeah. for it. Alpha Romeo, the 4C. It takes you a minute to look at this and figure out what is Alpha doing here? But there's still a hierarchy. Yes. And it, there's still a level of importance placed on various buttons. And yeah, then yeah. you figure it out and got it. I like that kind of stuff. I agree. If it's just buttons when it's specifically from GMC, not cutting it. Well, and
1: and, and there are a lot of – you know what? The Phaeton is an example of the gear shift idea being boring. There's Mm -hmm. been plenty of gear shifts Mm -hmm. that it's just you move this in a straight line and it's now on that. I don't think that's any more interesting or engaging than a well-sculptured round of buttons. Mm -hmm. Let's go with the buttons, I think, at that point. We're we're off the – you can also get one of these at GMC. If you get the Sierra, you can get the shifter right there on the column. Crazy that's the old school truck stuff. I used to have that in my old caprices. So crazy. But if you're going to have, honestly, if the, the shifter on the actual drive line mm-hmm. has an interesting feel about it, that's one thing. Right. But for years we've had a lot of, I mean, yeah, it's it's a, it's a lever,
0: but it's not nice to interact with it. that point. Let's just have well machined buttons. Sure. Well, let's stay on the design topic for a minute from Thomas G 22, who asks if we think changing the design of the steering wheel would encourage better drive your behavior. Mm. If so, what would the design look like? Every car company is doing their own version of the electronic interaction, whether that's change a station, interact Mm, with your phone, dig for a menu, reset that, cruise control. Everything is packed on the steering wheel at this point. And I'm willing to bet less than 50% of drivers who own that car use those buttons on the steering wheel. You'd rather dig for the volume knob. You'd just rather reach over and turn the volume down.
1: I'll give you a weird pet peeve of mine. Okay. I feel like it's rising with technology right now. I actually like volume on the steering wheel. I like it. Okay. I think it's cool. It's worked its way into all kinds of cars. Why not have it? That's fine. I want it to be an actual least toggle of some kind. I don't want it to be a button, but, but there's a lot of ways to do it. However, there's, here's my weird pet peeve. It has to be on the left side of the steering wheel. Because if it's on the right side, oh. I'm six inches from the knob to begin with. Oh, why, sure. Why is it? Why are they both here? Sure. You've just duplicated controls within six inches of each other. Put it on the left right. side, so now it is at least different movement. It's in a different place than the volume. If it's volume here and six inches back is the what are we doing?
0: I mean, you can almost make the the hang loose symbol with so, your hand absolutely. and spread your, your pinky and your thumb. You absolutely, and it's could in almost most of these almost cars. reach. I mean, I realize that, and look, also,
1: we have a whole pet peeve about volume knobs. We want a volume knob. Honda and others have actually listened. It's great. The volume knob is helpful not only for you, the driver, but it's helpful for the passenger. It should be a very obvious volume knob. So I don't want to get rid of the volume knob. I want them there. But my point is, you haven't helped me as a driver if you just duplicated the control right next to where the control already was. Let's put it left side. Let's
0: be crazy. You know what's funny is I think there is a limit to how much stuff you can cram onto the steering wheel. Absolutely. Because now I'm looking down at the steering wheel trying to figure out the new manufacturer's icons. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you guys use for phone hang up? I'm studying and searching. Well, how about the distance control for the the cruise control? Totally. Now, now what are your, what is your new icon that I have to memorize mm-hmm. now? Oh, and suddenly I look up and I need to make a correction. Yep. There's too much stuff, in my opinion, on steering wheels. Mm-hmm. So beyond the obvious of we all need to put our phones down, that, that does help you. Yeah. I think, I'm coming back to Porsche, the wheels that don't have anything on them. It's the craziest idea, <laughs> and it only shows up on the more expensive, lightweight versions. That is an interesting point, yeah. Look at the Porsches like the Cayman T with a 911T. There is nothing on That's the steering wheel. And, and I, they're also manuals. There's no paddles. Yeah. There's no nothing. It's and I just do like that. drive. That's a driver's car right there. I do like it. Too. To me, that says, well, now I'm paying attention because if I need to change mm-hmm. the volume, guess what I'll do? I'll reach over and I'll change it. Mm-hmm. I'll turn up the heat and I'll reach over and do that. This is why hands exist. Yes. I Look, get that, Ferrari yeah. is guilty too, because Absolutely, they even put yeah. turn signals integrated as buttons on yep. their steering wheel. Yep. They've got the little knob, the little lever from, yeah, you know, sport yeah, yeah. to track to race, all that stuff. They've got <laughs> everything packed in there. That comes from racing. I get that. Yeah. But it, it is cool. It is, you know, kind of a novelty thing, but that's not most drivers. Absolutely. Well, look up...
1: Google any time you want. Google a picture of an F1 steering wheel and terrify yourself. Everything's on there. It's all on there. And the back, too. There's multiple paddles. Yes. It's not just Absolutely. changing gear. There's
0: multiple kinds of paddles. It's crazy. And
1: they all feel amazing. I mean, if you've ever picked up an F1 steering wheel and had that opportunity, you can't believe how well machined all of the movement is. It's how everything should be. Right. But there's so much going on. You d- genuinely need a manual and training, and they have both. Mm-hmm. So yes. there certainly is confusing things. Michael D. Watley said on Instagram, he just realized oh man that's the beginning of the end he just realized he could pick up a 2011 Porsche Cayenne turbo <laughs> for under 25 grand are you kidding me now that honestly michael kind of terrifies me i say that as a cayenne owner he said that seems like an absolute insane value is this a good idea or financial suicide a couple of things 2011 is the first year of the second generation cayenne it's i have a 2010 the next year they started the next generation so I, I'm wondering if the 2011 is the last gasp of the first-gen turbos. I'd have to look. I don't have it in front of me. Here, Here's ultimately my point here. When buying a used super SUV like this, you're buying things that will break. Hmm. Okay? Hmm. And I'm ta- Look, I love my wife's Cayenne. It's been phenomenal to us. It's only had a couple of surprises. It's mainly just been maintenance, and it's awesome. Okay? Then it's Porsche maintenance, which means it's
0: a little expensive,
1: but it doesn't need stuff that often. It just wears things out, and I can handle that. Great. But we also have a base one. We don't have all the bells and whistles and the special suspension right. and all this kind of stuff. You're right. talking about the Cayenne Turbo, which means it was probably 150 grand or more Easy. new. Easy. When you have to maintain it, you are a maintaining a hundred and fifty thousand dollar every bell and whistle SUV. That stuff's going to break, and it's going to be expensive. There's more stuff to break. It's cool technology, but I don't think this is a bad idea if you are prepared to spend money to fix. I'm dealing with this. We're dealing with this, but I'm dealing with this directly on the Phaeton right now. Mm. Okay, It was a $5,000 car. I instantly put $2,000 into on suspension. It was instantly a $7,000 car. Luckily, we were prepared for that. But if you had spent $5,000 and you only had 5500 in your car budget, you just killed yourself. So how's that twenty five grand? Andrew Horner just bought a pressure washer. (laughs) You can speak to that. This is pretty cool. (laughs) He said, I bought a pressure washer. Now what do I do? (laughs) (laughs) The beginning of the end. You
0: can take paint off stuff. Be careful. Yes. Please don't use it on your paint, but the wheel wells up inside there, the suspension undercarriage go nuts. But the best part is take all the stuff out of the garage. And power wash that baby super clean. Get keep going down your driveway. You will be surprised how much junk is embedded in your concrete alone. Clean concrete is the <sighs> it's the best. It's so amazing and your sidewalk will look clean. Congratulations <sighs> to therapy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't get it, but I understand that you do. All right. Last question for me from Dammit Patton who asks, what is the best way to get a PPI done on a car that wasn't sold here, specifically JDM import and Ooh. is out of state? Ooh. You could go back to the importer if they're kind enough to help you out. You could go back, go back to them and say, mm. hey, could mm. you give me the service records from then if you don't already have them? And maybe they could help you out with a pre-purchase inspection or make a recommendation. The best place is, of course, forums for that particular car. Make friends on the forums and... Known issues and you stuff. Know, all those kinds of stuff. First yeah. of all, you can do much of it yourself, but you can equip somebody else. If you can say, hey, you know, marshal the crew from the other state and they're near this car. Of course, people want to go look at cars for somebody else. Yeah. Of course you do. It's not their money. That's funny. And... You know, you might run into an expert, and, and, uh, yeah, the forums are always a great place. I've got one more I just found. John, I wanted to answer your question. You said, would we ever consider making
1: a lateral move? Of course we would. But it's (laughs) new new car experience is the question here. He says, I've got a $10,000 car. Would we make a lateral move to a different $10,000 car to get a different experience? The short answer here is absolutely. This is not a budget-dependent question. If you're shopping at $40,000 cars – after a few years, we recommend you get another experience, and your budget is probably still forty grand. Your budget probably isn't suddenly eighty. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. so you're shopping at a ten thousand dollar level. You've actually got a lot of interesting cars at roughly ten grand. I mean, you could get a Maserati, but don't. But you could. So, so <laughs> yeah, probably best. Yeah, but but the thing we're saying here is. I'm not concerned about what your budget is. If you have the ability, because you still have taxes, title, license, all the changeover fees that happen of a new car. If you can handle that, you're in a capability where I would like to get a different car and I have about the round budget I spent on this. Go get
0: something different. Why not? Huge thanks for your questions, guys. Really appreciate it, as always. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're looking forward to next time. Cheers, everyone. (laughs)